0: Talk, talk, talk on Metro. Metro F.
1: 16 minutes after 8 o'clock, you're on Opportunity Tuesday and officially on Meet the Boss. Now, uh, I I need to say this to you. Uh, In the last two to three years, maybe even up to five years, there, there have been phrases that have been thrown around in the country that we've all become familiar with, like, you know, radical economic transformation, like white monopoly capital, like, you know, all those things. And when you hear about these things, uh, sometimes in that process, uh, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, uh, at least Securities Exchange, Stock Exchange, Securities Exchange, you know, I could know that this name is much longer than what we know. You also hear about how, you know, it's only 4% black and blah, 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 blah. You, you then tend to forget that, you know, maybe you must find and meet this 4% at some point. But it gets to be exciting. When, you know, in my little job that you get a chance to speak to somebody who leads an organization, that is on the JSE. So our boss tonight is an investment banker with extensive corporate commercial experience, having been involved in providing advice to a number of public and private companies, parastatals and government departments. He served these articles at Worksmans. He uh, uh, was an associate director at Sonnenberg Hoffman Kalambeek and Directed ALUCAP corporate advisors, where he was an advisor on corporate finance and due diligence. At NetBank Capital, he served as a senior principal in the investment banking division. He's a lawyer, he holds a BPROC and LLB uh, law degrees from the University of Natal Deben, as well as LLM tax degree from the University of the Wheatwaters Rand, and was admitted as an attorney. In 2002, I'm going to stop here because if I read all of this, thing, we're going to finish at 9 before I even say hello to Marubini Rapulu, CEO of Hulisani Limited. Good evening, my brother, and thank you very much for coming in.
2: Good evening, and thank you for having me.
1: So stick to that microphone and speak like an investment bank and somebody in the, in the, in the, in the stock exchange. Be, be like <laughs> aggressive, you know? Show <laughs> sure, like you're making those deals. Thank you so much. A boy from Sosanguvi.
2: Yes, social block L.
1: And right. and they allow people from Block L in the stock exchange. They allow them everywhere. I thought they don't take us people from parts like that. You know, I thought you have to have a, a better address than that.
2: No, no, no. You have to you have to push and yes. you have to push hard. foster? It's, it's the only way to do it.
1: Look. Yeah. Great. Well let's let's talk about you first. Mm-hmm. We now know you from socials, but Paint us a picture a bit where you grew up, the conditions, you know, the schools you went to, that one teacher that you will never forget in your life, blah, blah, blah. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, I grew up, I was born in Mabopani. Yeah. You know, Kodisi.
1: Utaikante Can't say like. yeah. Yeah, can't. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was born in um uh, and we moved probably when I was about two years old or three years old <bridge-itation- Minne-boxing- tteokbokki> from וה- Botswana. Bizi- mm-hmm. Because it was yeah,
1: Tswana yes. and
2: Amvenda. So we had to move to Soshanguwe. Oh, Lutwantle. So we had to move to Soshanguwe. It was the only way to go.
1: <laughs> what a country we come from. Eh?
2: Then I went to a primary school, a very pri- small primary school called Mataga. Uh-huh. Uh, Mataga, if you translate yeah. it, Mataga. Yeah. And from then I went to a high school called Valmanstal, which is.
1: No. In Valmansdal.
2: No, no, no. Oh. It's in Sochanguve. Oh, interesting. Okay. I uh, you it's mean. called Valmansdal because people in Sochanguve, some of the people in Sochanguve, moved from Valmansdal.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Then I went I went there. I grew up in a. I think I, I have two older sisters, a younger brother in Sochanguve. A very happy home. Mm. I can't complain. They beat me up every now and then, but <laughs> <laughs> we all got that. Yeah. Other than that, you know, I. Had a normal upbringing. Yeah, um, I can't say I've 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 suffered. I know what it is to be hungry. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't consistent yes. enough. We were always taught to be to work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad always said, you know, if you if you work hard, you can be anything you want to be. If you fail, it means you've tried. If you fail ten times, you must get up eleven times. You know, we don't give up. You yeah. just keep going. So, that is the environment I was raised in. Uh, from then, um, I decided I had three choices: I, w- I wanted to do architecture, I wanted to do law, and I also wanted to study medicine. Yeah, uh, first thought, let me do architecture. I didn't like it very much, uh, and I decided that it's time to change. Yeah, I wanted to go and do law. Because that was my passion. I wanted Mm -hmm. to do law, but more specifically, I wanted to study commercial law.
1: Why? Why?
2: Why commercial law? Because I wanted to do majors and acquisitions. I wanted to buy and sell companies. Mm -hmm. And that is how I saw myself. That is how I saw my life. I did that. Um, I went to university. My parents were not very happy because I was changing. They said, you know, why don't you finish this one thing and do the next? I was resolute. I went through, I went to Natal University. I didn't know anyone there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was a good thing. Yeah. Because then you don't have friends around all the time mm-hmm. and you have to commit to working. Yeah. I studied there um, for five years. Then I came to Joburg. When I was at Natal, we did a few things. Um, you know, I, I was the house president. I became the house president in my first year.
1: Yeah. in your first year. In
2: my first year, I was two months. Who did June. you bribe me? I didn't bribe anyone. Um, in 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 my month two, I was the, I was the house president, and um, I joined the university social committee in my first year, and uh, I think one of my highlights was I was very saddened by the passing of you know Ray Piri. Because I arranged two concerts in my in my first year. One was, you know, Stimela to come to, to, to you perform. You got Stimela to come
1: and perform at university? I got
2: Stimela to come and perform. Um, and then I got Puza Chemistry to come and perform as well. So that that was my first year. And then I realized that uh, if I keep going at the rate that I'm going, um, it's not going to go very well. <laughs> then I moved out of res <laughs> and I went, I moved uh, to Diggs. So I lived in, a, in Diggs and I lived in an apartment. Yeah and uh my experi my my the experience the experience that uh sticks out the most when i lived at digs is uh one day before my uh second or third year commercial law exam i was bro- my my digs was broken into and uh all my sto- all my clothes were stolen everything 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 i had to call my mom and say I don't have clothes. What I have is what I have on.
1: But by the way, whenever you say anything in an African language here, you don't have to explain it. Yeah. You our, know, our listeners understand. Uh, don't worry, do we're cool here.
2: <laughs> you know? yeah. So you know, all my clothes were gone. All of them. And I had an exam the next day. And um, uh, I had to make a plan and uh luckily or fortunately my parents sent me some money and i bought a pair of jeans you know and uh i was in flops the day i was robbed you know so i had to buy a pair of shoes and one or two t-shirts and i still wrote my exam and i still passed so it's uh, then you know I, I i i finished university i worked at a law clinic for a year mm-hmm. and then i came to Jo'burg and uh applied for articles and i did my articles at worksman's
1: yeah yeah you know you 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 make it sound like cool one of the things that i can only imagine or at least two things i can imagine is that it's not necessarily easy to get into x to do your articles a mm-hmm. uh, black young boy from socials to get into a big company like that but two has to be overwhelming even once you're inside. Now they've accepted you, but you're in this inside this space, the real world now. You know, no, no longer organizing concerts and being, you know, <laughs> the cool guy at Rez. How was the experience in your very first real job with a big organization? It was, it was, it was daunting. I mean, my
2: my interview was actually with the guy that I wanted to work for. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to do mergers and acquisitions. And the guy who interviewed me, um, it's a guy named Gareth Driver. He's yeah. one of the, you know, I regard him as one of the best lawyers in, 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 in the country. Uh, he came to interview me, and we went through an interview. And, you know, he said, why do you want to come to Excellence? You know, I said, look, I think it's, a, it, at the, it's it's the best, you know, law firm for what I want to do. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, what do you want to do? And I told him what I want to do. You know, I want to do mergers and acquisitions. I want to do commercial law. This is who I want to be. And I want to do it at Wexmans. I didn't apply anywhere else for articles. I only applied at Wexmans. And um, he 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 offered me a job. Uh, true story. And I said I'll think about it. And uh, I called him a well, week. without la- cocky. <laughs> I called him a week later. And uh, I said, you know, Gareth, you know, I would like to accept your job offer. And he said, Marupini, who? <laughs> um, and I said, um, and then he said, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> we would like <laughs> we would like to have you. Yeah. So it was difficult. It was difficult. Um, there were many nights where, you know, you, we started early. Yeah. Uh, we ended late. Um, you're learning university does not prepare you for work life. It does not prepare you. You know, it doesn't prepare you for making copies for three hours yeah. to get ready for something. It doesn't prepare you for you know working until two in the morning. You need that work ethic. It was hard. It was hard. Mm. Uh, but you know, you you have to have the attitude that you you will get through it. Otherwise, you will give up.
1: My guest is uh, Marubini Rapulu, uh, CEO of Hulisani Limited. Is our guest on Meet the Boss and if you know the man, if you know him from him organizing gigs at university or somewhere in Soshanguwe or, or wherever you know him from, you know, feel free to call. We are on 89 uh, 110 You can also tweet at Rems by the horns. You can also, by the way, call just to remind him of a, a promise that he never fulfilled to you many years ago. You know, it's okay. Uh, this is the time to catch him. He can't run away from this one now mate you you get into the law space a dream has come true how long do you last in there before you make your next move
2: i practiced law until mid 2005. Mm -hmm. i started in 2000 mid 2005. i wanted to sit on the other side of the transaction
0: yeah i wanted
2: to sit on the other side of the transaction essentially as a lawyer you receive instruction on what to do yeah this is a transaction it's been cooked it's fully baked you need to not you need to note it down and you need to make sure that you advise them of all the risk and to make sure that they get the best legal advice on yeah. that i wanted to sit on the other transaction to see the other nine transactions that fail how do you determine whether they are good transactions or not and i was fortunate enough that the guys from allocap Uh, gave me an opportunity and um, we worked together for three years Mm -hmm. in the private equity space. I learned a lot, a lot on advisory, a lot on working for yourself as opposed to working for a corporate, you know, a law firm is a corporate, you know, you're a number in a corporate, you know, I learned to essentially take responsibility There's no one behind you. The buck stops with you. Mm -hmm. You know, if something has to be delivered, you have to deliver it. That's what I learned. I left in 2008. In 2008, I considered going back to law, Um, I was given a very nice offer. Where you know they promise partnership, yeah, you know, and that's every, all we want. Every
1: lawyer wants to be called partner, every you? lawyer wants to be
2: called partner in the private equity team. I want to mention the law firm,
1: yeah,
2: and um, I won't mention the law firm,
1: okay. It's and, up to you
2: um, after three months. I realized actually, I actually enjoyed being on the other side, yeah, more than, more than being called partner, more than being called partner. And I left after three months. I went to NetBank Capital. And uh, from then on, you know, we built, we built, we built. In 2011, um, you know, basically in 2009, the world came to an end because of the financial crisis. And the banks couldn't do as much as they could equity. And we then, they decided, you know, we no longer doing equity lending you need to make a decision mm-hmm. you either go into debt or you go into the coverage team or you see what other opportunities are in the bank i'm not a debt guy yeah. you know it destroys my soul and there were no opportunities in the in the coverage team so i decided it's time to go and uh, start a business and um, that was uh, essentially december 2011 mm-hmm. january 2012 i started uh i started basically on my own
1: is this when you formed hulisani
2: that's not when i formed hulisani that's when i have a company called midupi Uh which i used i use as an investment holding uh vehicle
1: yeah
2: i started midupi and went for a good 18 months um, looking for business i went for
1: what business was midupi doing
2: though I was doing advisory in oh, the advisory. advisory in the renewable energy space because mm-hmm. that's when it was picking up. And I was also doing principal investments, basically investing of your own book. I did that for eighteen twenty months before my first success. I went for eighteen to twenty months before I got paid.
1: <laughs> not not many people survive <laughs> two months, my brother. I, I, I'd like to ask you how do you survive eighteen to twenty months, but I need to take a break. Cause I want you to think about how you're gonna convince me how you survived it. Wow, 18 to 20 man.
0: Talk with Rams Mobote on Metro FM. Talk, talk, talk with Rams Mobote on Metro FM.
1: Not many of us would survive two months without pay. In fact, I remember many years ago, I think then, he was uh, CEO of uh, Transnet. Uh, Saki Kozoma once said, many people, or at least many black middle class people, are between uh, one paycheck away from poverty. And when a man can survive 18 to 20 months, there has to be a secret. What could it have been, Rubini? it's it's not a big secret it's savings i say it's
2: it's simple as that it's 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 savings and being frugal that's 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 that's
1: it yet and and you can say when it's a great thing and i i mean i appreciate that mm-hmm. but when you see no maybe you don't notice it for the first 6 months but i'm sure past the first 6 months when you see those savings beginning to look unhealthy there has to be
2: panic you do panic, you do panic. you go through months where you don't sleep. you go through months when people ask you for to come to drinks, and you just you know you just you just stop, you just stop even making up stories. you just say, you I can actually you know i i 'm not coming yeah. i'm not coming Who blind who blind <laughs> you know things are not getting any better." And people ask you, you know, what are you doing? You know, waitang. You know, why don't you? You're a professional. You can go back to banking. You can go back to law. And
1: why didn't you go back?
2: Because it's not what I wanted to do anymore. I had this passion that I wanted to do. I wanted to build an energy business. And um, 18 months into that, you know, when I was literally on my last few cents, uh, that phone call came in. I made the phone call. You made the phone call. I made the phone call. Yeah. And I called uh, the guys from Kalulo, And yeah. I said, look, yeah. this is what I'm doing now. I think it would be better if we work together. I think it's we can build a business together. There's this opportunity. Let's come together and build a business. You know, continue that. But instead of doing it on my own to partner with other people yeah. who are already in the space to work with them, not to join the company but yeah. to join venture join, with yeah. them, to join venture with them and that's how we started Galilo renewable energy we worked on that for 3 years we acquired nice assets but the energy space is capital intensive you need loads of you know capital yeah and there's not enough black capital in the country mm. and you can't keep going to sad. banks which is very sad mm. so that is how the idea for Hulisani started. We then, I then met with the guys from Mazi Capital, Malungelo, Asanda, and the guys. Mm-hmm. We then looked at ways on how we can access pension fund money, asset fund money, to invest in the energy space. Mazi Capital is a, it's a black-owned business. Yeah. they manage about forty-two billion rands of pensioners' money.
1: <laughs> you know, I I wanted to ask you. And you've already mentioned Mazi, and I and I was about to say when you choose to go into that space, you mm-hmm. you already uh, with Kalulo we we're, we're already realizing that it's tough. It's, it, it's a capital-intensive thing. There's not enough black like, money out there and stuff like that. Why on earth? why on earth my brother mm-hmm. i want you to make me understand this Marubini. would then you decide to go in the investment space when you've already seen that there, there is not enough money now there are PICs of this world out there there are other players in this space was there no fear that all the money is taken including the pension money is taken by other fund uh, fund managers out there and in the investment of, uh, businesses
2: i think when you start you, you have to believe that there is money out there. There is money out there. It's, it's how do you access it. You know, how? what is your story and what's your plan? Mm. And uh, the, you know, Regulation 28 of the Pension Funds Act, I don't want to get technical, what it does is it says 75% of the assets or the investments that a pension fund makes mm-hmm. has to be in the listed space only 25% is in the private equity in the hedge fund space yeah. in that space. So if you're looking for more capital, you'd rather look in the listed space mm. because there's four, three times more
1: than than in the private space. than in the private space. Yes.
2: And you're still accessing your PICs, you're still accessing your Scom pension fund, your pension funds and whatever. Yeah. The money that is there, that is at the PIC at coronation at allen grain whatever is pensioners money yeah and uh when you look at that you say okay there's this pool of capital that is looking for a home this space that we're in the energy space it's a fairly predictable space you have a long-term power purchase agreement you have cpi indexing you adjust your tariff by cpi it matches, you know, liabilities in a pension fund. So it's ideally suited Mm. for retirement. If you're looking to retire in 20 years' time, your pension funds take money and they invest it in the stock exchange in companies that will give them a real return over 20 years. So we looked at the cash profile from these investments and we looked at people who are looking for these cash profiles and we said, okay, the best way to access them is through a listed vehicle.
1: Is that why therefore as we enter the stock exchange space why it was easy for you to go into the stock exchange because and i promise you now this is complete layman speaking Mm -hmm. i do not imagine that it is an easy space to walk into i certainly know that it is not an easy space to stay into we've seen them come and go Mm -hmm. so was it (coughs) excuse me getting into that space through the the investment side and getting into pension space Easier than to get into the stock exchange.
2: No, it wasn't. It. I mean, we we initially wanted to list in around October or September 2015. Mm-hmm. Then our sponsor dropped us. Um, our sponsor. So dropped some
1: us. some friends up the road, if you go towards the north, should not feel bad when sponsors drop them from time to time. Uh, um, no, no names mentioned. Yeah. yeah,
2: I will not mention which <laughs> sponsor, but it's probably not the same sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we then had to find another sponsor. We received, we, we called, and we we have a new sponsor. Mm-hmm. We had to start the work from scratch. You start afresh. You start afresh. They have to draft documents the way they like drafting them, and then you have to still go back to the investors and say we we will list, you know, it's just not now. Yeah. When you know, early next year, and we listed, you know, in September. So literally six months later We listed six months later than we wanted to But we had it done You know, we we were happy that it was done It was not easy It was not easy putting the money together But, you know, Mazi Capital came to the party And they worked hard to ensure that we raised the capital that we needed
1: So you, you walk into the uh, stock exchange Uh... What is, what is your market cap then and, and where are we now?
2: We listed at five hundred million Rand. hmm Essentially to be in the on the main board. But we listed something called a spec.
1: Yeah. Uh, by the way, I, wa- I want people to hear this again. So we're not talking alt No,
2: no, it's not altex. It's it's, it's, main it's, board. it's main board. Okay. <laughs> it's main board. <laughs> yeah. So we listed 500 million rand. We listed as a spec. A spec is a special purpose acquisition company. Yeah. Essentially, you sit with cash. They give you 500 million rand cash and you have 24 months in which to spend the cash and do your first acquisition, what they call a viable acquisition. Mm. We listed on the 7th of April in 2016. We closed our first transaction, our viable acquisition. On the twenty second of March this year.
1: Just a, about a year later, you yeah. closed the yeah. just
2: just about a year later we closed. That was our first transaction. We closed the it's a red cap Kucha wind farm. We bought a share in that wind farm. We paid hundred and forty six million Rand for it. Two months later, in June, we closed our second acquisition. Yeah. Um, 123 million rand in the Rasmo. It's a solar PV farm in Rustenburg near Marikana, mm-hmm. um, and um, we announced last week on Thursday we we are buying into a tower manufacturing you know company, the towers yeah. uh, that the wind turbines sit on. We are acquiring that uh, a, a share in that. And it's a it's a global business. It supplies towers to anywhere in the world, essentially. And we're working on that with a, a, a black IPP, independent power producer, called Billy Energy, uh, Green Energy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nuclear?
2: Nuclear, in principle, there's nothing wrong with nuclear. The challenge that you have with nuclear are procurement. How do you procure it? Yeah. You know? What we have with the IPP space is the tran- the procurement, progress, pro- procurement process is fairly clear. You know, there's a box ticking exercise. There are professionals involved. You know, there's a grading. You know exactly what's going on. Mm. Nuclear is a different beast. You know, it's almost done government to government. It's agreements that are not necessarily in the public domain. So there's a lot of... Uh, Discomfort around that To say look You don't know What's going on Um, The nuclear Providers Cannot commit To you know What they think The price will be Whereas As IPPs We have to commit You have to say I'm going to build This farm Solar farm Or this wind farm In six months And I'm going to do it For A billion rand That's what you commit to Yeah If you build it In seven months you've got a problem because there are penalties. Yeah. If you go out of budget, it's your own problem. Manage your expenses. So if we're going to deliver a farm to whoever for a billion rand, we will deliver it for a billion rand. And if we say we're going to charge you a rand per kilowatt hour, we are going to charge you a rand per kilowatt hour. So there is that certainty and clarity in the business. Whereas nuclear is a huge program you almost need someone to come out and say this is how we're going to procure it there's not going to be anything that's you know they're not going to be anything give the people comfort that it will be procured in a nice way yeah how much it's going to cost when is it going to be delivered and then i think we'll have a better discussion at the moment you can't have that discussion because I don't think anyone knows how it's going to be procured.
1: And if I'm an investor, I would not want that uncertainty with my money.
2: Exactly. You know, we, we know we can't invest in nuclear anyway. Zero
1: eight nine double one zero double three double seven our guest is Marubini Rapulu, CEO of Holisani Limited. Now he he does not want to boast much, but let me tell you this. This is a black managed African investment company listed on the JSE. It's focused on all forms of energy projects, uh, from the renewable energy in the form of solar, wind, hydro, and biomass energy plants to coal and gas. Conceptualizes a strategic investment vehicle for investors who are seeking long-term sustainable return on investment with attractive long-term cash flow. And is there sustainable long-term cash flow? Now we have a few years to look back. And You, know, you are given 24 months to make your first humidity in 11 months plus is cash flow sustainable
2: the cash is sustainable essentially what this business does is you can model your income for the next 20 years mm. for as long as the sun is shining and the wind is blowing and the water is flowing you will get income yeah. that is that is that is how it is you know you plant a tree it gives you fruit you look after it well it will give you fruit every year yeah what we're doing is we're planting many trees and we, we we're saying we build we're giving you a diversified basket when the sun is not shining in the Karoo, the wind is blowing in the Western Cape. If the wind is not blowing in the Western Cape, it's blowing in the Eastern Cape. It gives you certainty of cash flows. We have a model that goes over 20 years, and it tells you how much the tariff is going to be every year, how much you're going to receive. And for as long as the sun shines, you get that money. For as long as the wind blows, you get that money, and you adjust that by CPI. And that's that's the that's the business.
1: Okay, zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. The fun ends here, mate. Let's talk. Let's talk some stuff. It's about uh, 13 minutes before nine. Mm. It is not necessarily, you know. I remember very recently the Black Management Forum issued a statement celebrating the fact that uh, part of the reporting now in the JSC is going to include uh, BE. Uh, the flip side of that is that I also remember a, one of the first BE players many years ago saying, you know, one of the reasons. I don't want uh, to be on the stock exchanges because I don't want partners who I don't know personally. I don't want people who will tell me how to run my business alone. The stock out there is that you're in a space that is largely white, untransformed, and tough to do business if you're black. Is that a fact? It's it's tough to do business, Um, I think,
2: as a black person. um, The greatest lesson I'd say in business that I've is is the relationships you know the relationships are what take you to the next level yeah you know you, you I had you know the guys at alukep who took me on, I had the guys at Galulo who took me on yeah I had the mazi guys you know that's mm. that's how it is, and our biggest shareholder is the p i c that helps. That helps. That helps, you know. And we build a team. We built. We've built a team of black professionals. You know, ex-lawyers who worked for you know international law firms. We've got energy. You know, engineers who've worked internationally who mm-hmm. are black. You know, the skills are there. The skills are there. They're not. It's it's, it's how you organize them and how we translate those skills into running a company and giving the market certainty that we actually know what we're doing.
1: Okay. I have asked people to call. They are calling. So let's hear what they have to say. Remember, you can also call just to say congratulations. You don't have to call because you've got a clever question. We don't always have to have clever questions. Sometimes you can even call to ask for money. Uh, they're on the stock exchange, you'll be shocked. They could do a thing or two for you. Lindani in in the Eastern Cape, good evening, mate, and thank you so much for listening and for calling. Hi, Ren, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you, mate? I'm good, Ren. You're speaking to
3: Lindani. I'm calling you from uh, Jesse's day. That is where all the magic happens um, with what our guest is talking about today. And Actually, I'm not really calling to, to ask for money or to give any uh, clever comment but um, I just want to say that I'm quite impressed um, with uh, the work that the black professionals are doing in our country in the, in the world of business. Um, I actually work for the Koha wind farm that he was speaking about just now. Wow. So it's enc- it's encouraging for me to hear that over and above the direct managers and bosses we work for, the real shareholders behind the scene who are really uh, uh, managing investment on behalf of you is encouraging for me to continue to work and create value for black shareholders in the business.
1: Wow, Lindani, that's a v- great feedback. Want to come back and say something to you?
2: Um, thanks, Lindani, for that. I mean, it's, um, yes. it's, it's great feedback to hear. Um, and Wind uh, Farm, you know, is uh, was our first investment. And you must say mm. hi to Lucano and Wendy. Lucano is our CEO. Yes, yes, I'm the site manager. Yes, yes. <laughs>
1: you must say hi to them. Uh, they're great guys. I like the team. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lindani. A wonderful call, wonderful feedback. Uh, and, you know, that, that's the nice part. But the, the other part is that you're managing other people's money uh, mm-hmm. uh, you, and you're investing in other people's businesses. If you invested in my business, I got this jealousy about, I know how to run this business, even though I've allowed you to come in as an investor. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's somebody's money that you're using to invest in, they want you to have more say into this. How do you keep the balance?
2: I think we're quite clear in what we're looking to achieve. Yeah. You know, we say to investors, we would like to take your money. We're investing it in the long term. So this is not a short term play. Mm-hmm we are going to give you a return of CPI plus 6 to 8, so 11, 11 to 14%. Yeah. That is what we promise. But we, that's not only what we promise. We promise to, in these farms that we work on, there are communities that are involved. You know, one of the beauty of the IPP space is you have black professionals. 30% of all the farms, on average, on average, is held by black people.
1: That's a good sign. That's That's a a good sign. That's a
2: good sign. And then you have communities between 5% to 40% owning these things. So you're not just creating new businesses, you're also involving black people and communities in the energy space. So our job is to facilitate some of that and also to make sure that the community is well looked after. You know, their community trusts. There's economic development spend. There's socio-economic development spend. There are barazaries that that go out. There are enterprises that yeah. you create in that community. So, the money is not just. It's not just. Our investors are not just looking for a return. They're looking for a socially responsible investment. Most importantly, that is what we
1: do. don't move, mate. I'm gonna take a short break. When I come back, I'll take your call and check out who else is talking to us on social media. Talk on Metro. I'm sure one day we're going to have to find a way of doing this feature such that you guys get interested in asking questions much earlier, not when we finish, because now the calls are coming in. But there's something that's very attractive about that, I must confess, that I get a chance to dominate this conversation. Uh, Ngateko, good evening, mate, and thank you for listening and for the call. We don't have much time. Get straight to it.
3: (laughs) Thanks, thanks. Evening, guys.
2: Uh, Hi, Mm. Ngateko.
3: How are you, my brother? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Marobin, <laughs> hey, It's nice to hear that you you're doing well, my
2: brother. Hey, is it Ben Katako I know? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> sure,
3: my brother, no, more uh, you have a visionary in the studio, no? Uh-huh. I I met I met that guy uh, while he was still at Caludo. Hmm. He, he's not just a visionary. He's willing even to listen for us uh, aspiring entrepreneurs. Wow, so so you so, know this
1: man. Now let me ask you this question, Kateko. Did you all did you always see this entrepreneur in him those years ago?
3: Yeah, yeah. Actually, when we met, we were discussing entrepreneurial issues. Yeah. Um <laughs> we we're presenting some ideas. and so I was hoping to know the them into invest in businesses of young people. So even today, when I give him a call. Gives me that year, so I'm. Um, I'm really. I so thought. Let me just pay homage to this man. He's doing well. He's one of our future leaders.
1: Great. Thank you very much for the call, mate. Any response? I know. Thanks, Inkateko. Uh, we'll keep chatting. <laughs> yeah, that's what people on the stock exchange do. They keep it brief. They don't want to get into trouble. <laughs> on that basis, I, without mentioning names, how how big. An asset is' reputation in your business. How much does it matter how you are viewed, how your investors are viewed, how your, the businesses into which you invest are viewed? How does it matter? Does it really matter
2: It, it matters. I mean reputation is is everything. Yeah. You know, for people to invest it's it's reputation. you know it's how you look after after their investment. It's what you do. It's the social part of it. We invest pensioners' money. Yeah. you know, We have to look after it. 20 years from now, 15 years from now, when people retire, they need to be confident that their money is still there. And has grown. And has grown. And we have to give them that, that assurance. So we have to run a lean machine that does what it's designed to do.
1: I'm running out of time, but I really have to ask you this question. But let me read this tweet first in case I run out of time. Men on a Mission says, at long last, someone admits that there is opportunity available. Inspirational, indeed. Thank you very much, mate. It has gone wrong for other people, for some black companies that got onto the stock exchange. uh, And somehow, if I sit outside and look at it, the impression could be that, you know, whites are forcing us out of that space. Or it could also mean it is just tough out there to be on the stock exchange. Is it that tough or could it be sometimes issues of negligence?
2: I think business is tough in general, whether yeah. you're listed or not. You know, you, you will have those, you know, cold sweats at 2 a.m. Yeah. Where you're worried about where the business is going. It's tough. It's a 24-hour engagement. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a nine-to-five. To be in business It is tough But it's very tough When you're black Particularly because You don't have As big a network As you know If if When you're home You're more comfortable There are people that you know On the stock exchange Most of the companies Are not black Yeah But you're not necessarily Interacting with them You are listed On some yeah. stock exchange You're interacting With your shareholders mm-hmm. And your customer Basically what we are looking to do is to make sure that our business is solid and sustainable and when that brings through results you will see either in the share price or in dividends that come through. That is the only way that we can show that our business is sustainable.
1: I think the best way to end this conversation is through a tweet from Belinda. She says, Marubini is an inspiration he's always challenging himself I worked with him at one uh, one of the big law firms. Congratulations to him and his team. And on that note, mate, thank you so much. In fact, I want to thank you more for what you do than for being here because for me it's important to send that message to people who are listening to us that actually there are opportunities for us to get into that space, to grow, but also to demystify this stock exchange space because not many people know what really happens there. But I also want to... Thank you for taking care of pensioners' money, growing it, and I hope you do more of that because that—that's what we need. That's how we become, at least a small pensioner becomes to be to make money because not all of us are going to become entrepreneurs, and be, so we depend on how you invest that money for us. Okay, thanks. because we are invested in these uh, uh, pensions. Yeah, I think uh,
2: it's it's yeah. You know, We all need to work together, and we all need to help each other. That's that's it. Um, people who are very kind to me today And I appreciate it
1: Remember we shall podcast this conversation With Marubini Rapulu uh, Look out for it around midday tomorrow uh, He was our guest on Meet the Boss And we have everything about him On our Facebook page Metro FM Talk with Rams Including his pretty picture So he'll be there, you can look at the man And you can comment uh, about the business that he does I had promised yesterday That I needed to acknowledge somebody on uh, On the show tonight and I wanted to say much earlier, I didn't get the chance to say, uh, Mbusi is a is a, is a is an Uber driver that I got to meet in Devon yesterday. And he tells me that he's a person who lives with disability. He drives an Uber car, he does work, he sits on the uh, Disabled People South Africa uh, board, and already they are getting into business with a big corporate. And when I listened to him, I realized, somewhere, we are making a difference and impacting people. Mbusi, my brother, I dedicate what I did today and hopefully what I'll do tomorrow to you. And one day I hope to be interviewing you about the business that you do as people living with disability, just to show people that you don't need handouts. You need hand-ups. That concludes our show tonight. Thank you very much to Tato and t Deep, and huge apologies to Ishmael Abrahams. For this year, I owe him about five and a half minutes. I shall make up. From me, Rems Mabote, good night and God bless.